0: Welcome to Cardboard Conjecture. I'm your host Norm, and I'm not Rob. <laughs> and on this episode, we're gonna play. Uh, we're gonna talk about some games
1: of late. We're gonna do some news. And uh, Ryan, what's the topic, please? Well, I think we need to return back to the mechanics series. So let's talk about action point systems. <laughs>
0: Cardboard Conjecture is proudly sponsored by Amazing Stories Comics on 8th Street in Saskatoon. They're the winner of the Joe Schuster Award for Best Comic Book Store in Canada, and they were also nominated in 2016 for the U.S. Eisner Spirit of Comics Retailer Award presented at Comic-Con. Amazing Stories' amazing collection of comic books, board games, puzzles and collectibles can be found in their store or on their new online website. And we're back. This is Cardboard Conjecture. Let's get into some games of late. And uh, I'm going to start this off because this is courtesy of a trade you and I did. Uh, uh, I'm going to talk about Quadropolis designed by Francois Gandon. I hope I said that properly uh, and uh, published by days of wonder back when days of wonder put out some regular, pretty good games, right? I'm not saying any, I'm not saying anything by that statement, but ha <laughs> um, uh, Tell me how you really feel. Tell me how you really feel. <laughs> uh, we played this uh, three player with uh, myself, Dave and Jordan. Uh, they, pre- I, I mean, I watched a couple playthroughs. They, they pretty much gave me the run through and then uh um, uh, long story short, uh, I tied for the win, but it's pretty much—it's so cool. It's a tile draft mechanism with a tile laying city building mechanism in your front, of your tableau. And the cool part is the the grid or the market um, where you're drafting these tiles from. There are numbers one to four, and where you pick from is uh, corresponded to where you have to place on your. Uh, board and there's there's like rules for tile laying and so on so forth and and how these tiles work are like any other city building game. Um, uh, You get so many points for you know residential or so many points for this or so many points for those different archetypes I guess of that city building genre and uh, you know uh, multipliers of how many parks you have around this Uh, so you, you I mean you can try to do it all, but usually in that case, you get a if you try to do it all and be average, you get an average score. But if you find some synergy, and what's there to you to what you can, I mean, because it gets tight with what you can select as a tile to what you can put down. Because what's so cool is that uh, the last person to pull a tile out of the draft puts this marker down that blocks off the rank and file. Of your selection for the next person, so you can totally be one of those passive-aggressive draft, you know, uh, you know, um, insert colorful ad- ad- adjective here kind of thing. Um, uh, uh, but uh, yeah, I had so much fun with this game. It's really cool, and I don't know why it took so long for me to put this on the table, but. This is, I like this. This is a fun game. And then there's the expansion in there too. So more tiles, more fun. So got
1: to say thank you, man. Right. And I can't, we we were talking about off off stream here. Uh, I can't remember what we traded for. I think we said Legends of Andor, but I can't remember 100%, (laughs) but um, I remember enjoying Quadropolis actually quite a bit. Um, It's kind of got a very unique set collecting Type of thing going on when where you're building your city essentially, yeah. and yeah, you're scoring points for all the different tires. Score in a completely different way. Like there's the sky. Did you guys play with the skyscrapers? No the ones that no the ones we, that we did the base game. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I can't remember the, the apartment buildings. I think were the only ones that. That's could what stopped. I'm talking about. Yeah. The, the apartment buildings. Oh yeah, stacked yeah. Up, yeah, How many points that depends on how many levels there are and and, and you think.
0: And you think, "Oh, hey, that's fine." No, no, there's four rounds. <laughs> it's it's sort of like <laughs> don't get comfortable because we're yeah. we're we're scoring pretty soon. That's that's the yeah. feeling I got. So it was like, "Okay, this is kind of fun. This is, you know,
1: press your tactics right now." Yeah. And I think my one only knock on the game because I think that it was a little now in my terms, I called it a little fiddly because every round had its own set of tiles. Oh, yeah. That yeah. needed to be. So then at the end of the game, when you're tearing the game down, you have to sort out all the tiles. I got to put all the one, all the yeah. era ones, all the era twos. Yeah. But I mean, I just, that, that, that was my, I think that was my only knock was, was that piece. But yeah. Uh, I can mean, see that. I like that. It the game. Had, that fa- they had that fantastic Days of Wonder. Oh, charm the Production quality. And finish was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Very functional insert, too.
0: I can't see a complaint yet. But you know what this remind the art style um reminds me of that I'm I'm getting a froth for is the new Ginkopolis. Mm. Cause that's are got that had that same, same are they
1: the same artist.
0: No, well, I don't know, but that had that same um um grok for me. Cause when I when I uh when I think it was uh, Terminal City, yeah, Terminal City in uh tabletop convention in Vancouver. And uh, one of the Kelowna crew had, uh, it was sort of like smuggling in an out of print copy and a Rubbermaid. All right, who wants to play Ginkopolis? Oh, right here, man. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It yeah. was awesome. It was awesome. No, nope, n- Neither artist is credited for Ginkopolis. So, well, maybe in my brain, it triggered the same area. <laughs> okay. They, so you, uh, I was going to say, looking at them, they're very, Yeah, they're very similar in style. Yeah, it's got that
0: same kind of cool cartoon-esque, not cartoony. Yeah, it's kind of the Euro cartoon. Um, So, yeah, you also, speaking of, like, villages and
1: city building, you actually played a game with the name. Okay, like now I have to back this up. I played this game quite a while ago. I haven't played games very recently. (laughs) Well, let's footnote this because you had a week to 10 days
0: of – of taking care of your family, because a lot of them were in
1: quarantine. Yeah, both my wife and my youngest son were in isolation due to COVID-related activities. And my youngest son actually developing it uh, for for a while there. And so they were like off off the hook all completely. And then we've been at least recently um, dealing with that both my parents, fully vaccinated, I might add, have come down with it and Are in kind of rough shape, but no hospitalizations or anything like that. So okay, that's that's good to hear. Yeah. So, but you've been you've been
0: uh, focused on other games. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But I remember you had uh, uh, the last time that you had played because I I remember you were you were aghast that I had not played uh, this game yet, and I right designers are awesome.
1: Oh yeah, two of our favorite designers, uh, Marcus and Inca Brand. Um, and a tasty minstrel games production. We are going to talk about Village, which is a game that I hadn't actually played in a very long time. Though it ran, I like I really really enjoy this game. Um, it's worker placement ish type <laughs> of thing, maybe worker placement adjacent type of thing because in Village, what you're gonna going to be going do is you're going to play through um, generations. And your workers that you have, have generational values, of like there's the first generation workers, the second generation workers, third, and the way that you acquire them, um, you have to acquire them in that order. And what you're actually doing is you're just kind of like living out their lives (laughs) in this village. Uh, Are are they going to be the world traveler? Are they going to be going to the merchant to exchange goods? Are they going to be actually going to work in the farmhouses? Um, are they going to be clergy members or are they going to work in the town hall? And all of those different areas on the board kind of do different things. Oh, did I mention this is a euro? So you're, <laughs> you're doing so, things they're meeples. To score. Yeah, so you're doing things to score points. Now, how you actually take your actions in this game is actually really quite unique. Is that all of those areas are populated with these cubes and like a good euro. These cubes actually represent something, but I don't know what they actually represent. They're just like the orange cubes, the green cubes. They're like knowledge and willpower yeah. and s- stuff. I'd, 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 I'd read <laughs> stuff. tracks, stuff. zero tracks. <laughs> yeah. And so to take an action in this game, you pick up a cube from one of these areas and then you carry out that area's action. Now, the really cool thing about this is that most of the actions, you can spend these cubes that you've acquired on previous turns. Mm-hmm. Um, spend two cubes to do the particular action. Or you can actually hire one of your generational workers into that area. And now you can spend, instead of cubes, because I may might not have those cubes, I can spend time. And so that person... Uh-huh does some time oh, that's to right. produce the, or to go traveling or do this or that. And then you have this little time track that goes around your own little player board, which is kind of like your own little homestead that yeah. you can also take actions on. And if this time marker goes all the way around, well then one of your workers has put in their time in this world and they pass on. <laughs> that's And, right. little, that's and right. depending on where that worker is actually working out on the board, Um, when they pass on, they can actually fill up the village chronicle. And the more people that you get into this chronicle is actually worth more points at the end of the game. And it's actually progressively more points, but there's only limited spaces for um, each area of the village in this chronicle. Uh, Now, if 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 a particular area is already filled up in the chronicle and your generational worker passes on, well, then they just kind of go to the, the unmarked graves <laughs> off to the side of the board.
0: Oh, those heroes.
1: Yeah, and then this also uh, is the time marker of the game is once all the spots in the Village Chronicle are filled, the game is over at the end of that round, or if the um, all the unmarked graves are filled up at the end of that round, then the game is over. So eventually in every action in this game costs some sort of amount of time in order to do. It's really, really good. It was the Kenner Spiel uh, winner in, I want to say 2012. So it actually won that German enthusiast game of the year. And this one stands up to the test of time. Uh, We really enjoyed it again. Sorry, you. Were, I thought you were gonna say. No, something. I was going
0: to say, I'm just gonna go. What year? And I'm like, I can look that up as you're talking. This mm-hmm. is. Uh,
1: where are we here? To 2011. Oh, 2011. So right around there. So wow. we're at 10 years old. This is Kenner this Spiel. is like a relic. <laughs> and so yeah, we played the base game a few times just because we really really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, and then we. I also own the two expansions to it. There's the Inn expansion, which adds another location to the board. It's the, it's the town inn. The, the beer is a resource. Of course, yeah. I like that. And then there's the port expansion, which replaces the um, world traveling spot with an actual, like, uh, like a sea adventure spot yeah. to kind of go out. And again, it, it, that one's a little bit more complicated. I, I'll always want to play with the inn. The port does add a lot of... A lot of complexity to that area um, of the game because then you also have your own ship that you have to manage and you have to have a captain on your ship. And oh, well, yeah, it's, it adds a lot.
0: As far as the thematicness goes, I'm looking at some of these pictures, and one of the pictures has <laughs> back to this what you said about the expiring has a picture of grave lots where you lay your meeple down in the grave, oh, right? Slot. Yeah, yeah, it's like. Whoa, 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 whoa! Yeah, not yeah. just put them to the side. It's no, you have to put them in the ground. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: right, and right next to the uh, oh the, man the cathedral, the church. Okay, area. and and here's the neat part with the church action, because what you're wanting to do is you want to have majority majority in the clergy, and so whenever you take that action, you put your meeple into a bag. And at the end of every round, you will blindly draw people out of here. And there's randoms in there as well that kind of clog up the bag. But if you have gold, you can buy your way into the church (laughs) and get your guys positioned in there, too. So there's a little bit of. No,
0: because the church never did anything like that in the Middle Ages. No, they never
1: never sold any kind of, you know, promissory notes and stuff. It was kind of neat. (laughs) I, I really enjoy Village. If you ever want to play this and we're able to get together, yeah. again, I'll bring this one out. It And the play time is really, really quick. At two players, we're playing a game in like half an hour to 45 minutes. Well, it says 60 to 90 minutes. So if you know the game, yeah, I could easily see yeah, that. If you know the game and you're not just taking actions to draw out the length of the game, which happens yeah. actually, ten, uh, can tend to happen Yeah, every now and then. But cool. yeah, Village... Marcus and Inca brand the the brands are a unique mind in the game design world well oh. right now most of their attention is mostly generated to those uh the, the exit the game yeah. series they're 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 churning those out like like hotcakes. They're, you can't keep up with demand well they' I mean they're their brains from a creative point of view it's just
0: like humming like a Porsche engine
1: yeah. Because there's the other one that you introduced me to that I really enjoy was um, Mur- Murano. Murano. that was a good that, one too. Yeah, totally. And they,
0: uh, yeah, they have just such a unique approach to mechanisms and thematic, you know, relationships. Um, you know what? Before we round this part out, um, we need to uh, draw because we had mentioned that you were that you have played a game in a while, um, and uh, And last episode, um, as you had mentioned in the intro, uh, somebody, uh, somebody last second, uh, as I said, I called an audible at the line of scrimmage and uh, (laughs) brought in Rob from the Meeple Dungeon. And so thank you uh, once again. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Rob.
1: Um, Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. He had big shoes to fill, and <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. He, <laughs> you guys, you guys knocked it out of the park there. I wasn't expecting so um, that what, what, what that episode was going to entail, well, or if, and if he there was, like, was even going to be an episode.
0: Yeah, he was like, uh, so what do you want to do? And well, it's our review segment. He goes, Okay. So I sent him our our structure and our format, can that that recipe list that we have? And
1: he's like, Okay, I can do this. I'm like, Okay, let's do this then. Yeah, so Rob, Rob's a natural at this podcasting And the stuff that they're they're doing is awesome. Right. So pause this episode and make sure that you go and try to find the Meeple Dungeon podcast. Right now I listen to them on the Podbean um, app. He's been having a little bit of troubles trying to get it onto the Apple and Google podcast, but just download the Podbean app, just for the Meeple Dungeon podcast. Because him and Adam. Well, and we're on
0: there too, so, you know.
1: Oh, right, right. That's where we're that's where we're hosted through. Maybe our listeners actually listen to us on podcast. I, I have, no, you know, no I idea.
0: have no idea. I don't even know who's listening. This episode of Cardboard Conjecture is proudly sponsored by Dragon's Den Games, located in the Louis VIII Ball on 8th Street in Saskatoon. Swing by Dragon's Den Games, and let Darren, Al, and the awesome staff help you out in search for great board games, role-playing games, miniature systems, and all of the related accessories. Be a part of their gaming communities that have scheduled events in their great gaming area, Dragons Den Games, Louis the Eighth Mall on Eighth Street in Saskatoon. You're listening to Cardboard Conjecture. Ryan, you have uh, two items on the news list, and one of them, uh, yeah, go ahead. This is I, this is pulling my attention, and I'm not so, a big.
1: Yeah, this is so. I thought. I would talk about both of these because they're both on Kickstarter right now. And at the time of this episode, there is going to be varying number of days. The first one I'm going to talk about is Voidfall, which has got my Kickstarter froth going full steam ahead because it's one of my favorite publishing companies, Mind Clash Games. Mm. And also one of my favorite designers is part of the team which is David Turksey. Um, so David Turksey and Nigel Buckle and are th- collaborating together. Oh, right. And the I think art. We, also, we also have to mention that the art is the very vibrant, beautiful Ian O'Toole artwork. What, what is he not working on? Yeah, <laughs> yeah so, exactly. Yeah, Voidfall is this Mindclash's take on the 4X um, space adventure type of game where there is, they're, they're very boasting that there's multiple modes of play for this particular nice. game. They're, there's a competitive mode, which is Big a lot of sandbox. people are frothing about. There's a co op mode, and then they're boasting the solo mode solo. for it. And yeah, I was just listening to a couple podcasts just before this about this type of game and this is everything you would expect from a mind Clash game, as yeah. in it's got a lot of moving parts, yeah. a lot of moving bits, it's going to be very complex, but there's going to be oh so satisfying gameplay, I think, in here. Um, yeah, you are developing technologies, you are going across the, the map, which is all a bunch of these hex tiles, this trying to conquer. Gorgeous. Yeah, you're trying to conquer oh. and upset. you're just trying to, um, the big part about this game is that you have agenda cards, which are kind yeah. of like maybe like a contract or just yeah. a goal that you want to try to do. And you're trying to acquire maybe multiple of these to try because that's going to be your main, uh-huh. uh, it's, it's a Euro. Actually, well, and at You at have to have some day. sort of goal or objective, right? Yeah. Right. So then these are you're going to be your main point scoring opportunities is fulfilling whatever on these agenda cards is it? Um, taking out the void falls, which are uh, the void is something like some sort of extraterrestrial entity that yeah. it is kind of growing across the universe here and you and your competitors or maybe people that you're playing with are trying to eradicate these also trying to establish your dominance in the galaxy I'm
0: uh, I'm digging the the player board, uh, double layer and you slide in a uh a card.
1: Yeah, your the the, the faction sheet, yeah. That's in the faction sheet because really the faction cool. sheet now. I think the base game here, I think the faction sheet, like the tech trees on the one side yeah. are all the same. Like as you progress up, yeah. you unlock actions and bonuses. But I believe in some of the exp- expansion and stretch goal content, there are other factions where they're asymmetrical. Oh, cool. And the abilities that you're going to have, but this is very typical mind clash thing too, that there's always like the basic side and then there's kind of like the advanced side. The amped up side. This is
0: looking awesome. Are you, uh, here's the question, are you, are you, are you clicked?
1: As of right now, I'm clicked. All right. All right. Yeah, cool. As of right now, this is gonna join. This is gonna join Twilight Imperium <laughs> on my shelf. This is gonna fulfill a very different niche, I think. What's in, the playtime uh, on this? Now they are boasting a fifty-five-zero minutes per player. So it's a long one. Well, I mean, it's t- it's any kind of space opera,
0: 4x kind of thing is good. I mean it's it you can't have that depth without having the time, right? So that's yeah, so that's understandable.
1: Yeah, that and I guess once you get to know Twilight Imperium, that's about what you're playing in. Yeah. Anyways, with a three-player game, it's usually about three hours to four hours. As in.
0: long as you don't have AP at the table. That's it. As long as you know what you're doing. And I'm not referring to <laughs> someone's initials. <laughs> Hi, if you like the content we're creating and the podcast episodes we're producing, please leave a happy rating on the podcast platform that you use. This would be such a great gift and would also help others find our podcast when they search for board game podcasts. And if you have the time, check out our new YouTube channel where we have new content every few days. Just search Bridge City Board Gamers on YouTube. Thanks, hey. Eh?
1: cool uh-huh. what's the uh, so what's the next one here ah uh, so the next one is also a space 4x game that's on kickstarter and this oh, one's no. called fractal beyond the void this is looking cool and they are boasting a 30 minute per player time and is is advertising that they're going to redefine the Forex genre with a compact yet intense strategy legacy campaign (laughs) setting.
0: I I don't know who to believe now.
1: (laughs) So this one's coming in, and on the surface, just if you were just to kind of glance at both projects at the same time, yeah, I'm looking at the presentation. I would say that they look very similar in style. Hex. It looks like you're, there's a hex tile map at the center. Yeah, you got your own player boards player with board, like some some components. mini upgrades. Yeah, I plastic mean,
0: ships. To have that 4x, you have to have all those engine parts in place as well. I mean, you, you, it's it's not like you know we're gonna look at the 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 playing system
1: and yeah. go, hey, this is completely different. No, I mean they yeah. all. The structure I, has to be similar. Yeah, and I didn't mention that Fractal is from a game studio that I don't know very well. Board, like B O R E D Board Game Inc. Inc. I don't like think I them. haven't heard of these guys before. Um, with um, designers, and I'm going to butcher their names: Inker, Uartari, Bernardo Rippy. Romain Lesiek and Jan Hilary, and art is by a Tom Lopez. Like now, this one yeah. does look fantastic as well. Well, there's the a, art style here. Yeah,
0: apparently there's a core demo on
1: Tabletop Simulator. Mm-hmm. But what really is drawing me into this one is that the legacy. Yeah, I just scrolled into that.
0: To <laughs> yeah, I just so. scrolled into that part, and it's like. Oh yeah,
1: there's a long story to be had here. So they're also boasting that this is highly replayable. Um, the campaign is a hundred-page hardcover book with 25 custom scenarios, and this, and then if you also get because there's different pledge levels, like you can just get the core game box, yeah. and then you could buy the camp. Now the can that the original game is not legacy. It's just. A game, just a base. But then you yeah, you can buy just a you can buy a legacy component to the game, which is really, really, really neat. Now, if you want to play this one solo, you gotta buy the Automa box that um, comes with ways that you can automate the players. Okay. So if you want to play it co-op, or if you want to play it solo, you have to buy these Automa bots. That. Are what's on there.
0: What's your instinct on this? Okay, so it's um, a it's a it's a company that you're not familiar with, designers you're not familiar with, game system you you're familiar like you've played Forex before. So what's yeah, what's your Kickstarter board, instinct? We got,
1: we got Tech Trees, we got. My instinct says I want to give these guys a shot as well. What's but the, now uh, here's here's my conundrum. Cardboard conundrum. conundrum. Do I have room in my collection for both of these 4X style space yeah. games? Yeah, you don't. And which have to... one? Which one do I want to go with? I'm very intrigued about the legacy campaign style game. And but Voidfall is Mind Clash and David Turcy, and they have an yeah. amazing track record. But and also you... Voidfall, Voidfall is not going to be fulfilling. We know at least until 2023. <laughs> that they've that they've announced that on their campaign they have a lot of development left to do in the game yeah they're actually been very active with the project backers and asking them for input play the game on tabletop simulator yeah let us yeah know absolutely what you like. let us know what you don't like some play they, testing they are still they are still fully in the development mode of this game, whereas this other one, Fractal, I have no idea how far into the development process they are, but this one looks very, it looks already very refined.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm just just,
1: just scrolling to see if there's also a tabletop simulator version of this one.
0: I mean, as far as that whole Kickstarter thing, you're, you're the, you're the, uh, you got the best track record here i i can only give you what my my impressions are from uh oh yeah um, they say how, here, what they did here for the
1: for the layout yeah they say here their pledge manager for fractal is not going to be opening until early 2022 so they aren't going to be fulfilling this until late 2022 so i'm going to assume that the if if things still get shipped by boat right yeah <laughs> Yeah. Might be air freight because it's cheaper. <laughs> now, Fractal, this is actually really interesting. I just read this here. Fractal says if you back it right now on Kickstarter, rather than pledging it in the like buying it in the pledge manager, the difference in price is going to be about 20 euros difference between now and buying it on the pledge manager. So you're saving money by, of course, there's the great marketing people of Kickstarter and the great marketing people here behind this game says buy this game now you're yeah. going to save money immediately because we're not going to charge you the same price on the pledge manager yeah well they they need, they need that startup money right
0: that's just like uh, in real estate right here yeah. get this condo before we even buy bill put you know
1: put a shovel in the dirt and it's uh 40% off <laughs> now here's also here's also a company that's very not experienced with shipping they say they are not going to be charging you your shipping oh. until it's closer to the ship until the project is ready. So they want to give you an accurate about well, when it's time to ship yeah, it. Yeah. In late, I'm going to assume late 2022. They're going to actually charge you the actual shipping that's going to be <laughs> at, at that time.
0: And if it's anything like uh like the late the Kickstarter's of late, uh, here shows up a fridge box on your uh, front step. This cool. Doesn't look
1: like a fridge box though. This well, no, is it not doesn't. It's.
0: it's I mean, it's got a. It looks like a, a big box with a couple expansions, but yeah, yeah, yeah. And then here's I'm the gone.
1: here's the difference because then Mine Clash here has a shipping table and says if hey, if you're gonna get the full all in pledge level, it's gonna cost you about twenty nine. But again, they're also saying that shipping costs are just an estimate yeah. right now and um, you'll be charged during the pledge manager.
0: Well, and this is a company that has a pretty reputable track record too.
1: So, And I think people who are of Anacrity fans, I think they're going to have some of those Anacrity infinity boxes in the pledge manager.
0: Ah, if you back that's this right. One. That's uh, what's that it's pledge a
1: dollars so that you can get it on the pledge manager. <laughs> yeah. This one is that I see this hat happening now. It's not a dollar. It's uh, 10 euros to get in on the pledge manager.
0: Oh, the cover cover charge at the door is getting a little expensive. Wow. 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 <laughs> wow. Right.
1: Right. Cool. This episode is proudly supported by the amazing team at Breakout Escape and Board Game Lounge right here in Saskatoon. Using industry leading technology, Breakout Escape's escape rooms are all 100% uniquely designed by the team ensuring their patrons have maximum fun while staying safe. As well, they are a fully licensed Board Game Lounge with over 400 titles to select from to ensure fun for every gamer new and experienced. Be sure to check them out at breakoutsask.com. At Breakout Escapes and Game Lounge, they believe that life is more fun when you play games.
0: And welcome back. This is Cardboard Conjecture. We're going into some topics. We're going to do the mechanic series. And Ryan, why don't you tell us which one it is? And why don't you lead us into it? Should I talk like the great governor of California? It's an action movie with action points.
1: It's action points. We're going to get to the chapa. Okay. Okay, it's got to stop. Oh. I can't keep this going forever. Yeah. But it's funny, too, when I make that reference in my classroom and the kids kind of look at me like, huh, <laughs> what's going on right now? Yeah, yeah. Okay, Um, yeah, we we tossed this idea back and forth a little while. So, we talk talk about action points, and when I started thinking about it and started actually putting it down on the paper, I kind of came up with three broad categories of different games and how they use action points. Now, what I mean by action points means um, there are various things that a player can do on their turn during the gameplay. Like usually there's probably like a little menu. You probably have a yeah. player aid of a menu of options that you could possibly do on your turn. And the game might say, you can do three of these or you can do three things on your turn of these yeah. seven or eight things. That's kind of like what we're talking about with action points. Like, yeah. you have okay, four I got a list here's your list, yeah. Yep, yeah, four, act. so that's the kind of like the very first, um. Kind of category that people will think of action points, where I said games are giving you a predetermined number of action points, and then each action is worth one of those points. Mm -hmm. So the very classic example of this would be talking about like a game like Pandemic. Yeah. Where there are many things that you can do on your turn, but you get, no, I haven't played base base game pandemic in forever. (laughs) I think you get three or four. I think four. Yeah. Four. Yeah, four actions. And it's like, yeah, move. Um, play a card, trade a card. No, trade a card with somebody in your area. Give one um, or take one. Yeah, yeah. Build a research station or uh, like um, cure cure the disease or activate an ability. Yeah, it's something like that, and you get to do that for. You get four action points, and that
0: generic structure can is imprinted on a lot of different uh, uh, um, uh, themes too.
1: Yeah. Right, yeah, because my favorite game of all time, Arkham Horror, the card game, is an action point game where you get three action points on your turn. And you have a choice of, I think, it, no, I'm putting myself on the spot here, there's six things, there's six things that you can do on your turn, but you only get three action points. And you have a, card and a and a hand of cards too, right? Yeah, so like one of your action points would be to play down one of your cards. Yeah. And then another action point could be to get a resource. Another action point could be draw a card. Okay. Um, another action point would be move to a location. Um, another action point would be to fight a monster at the at, uh, on the thing. So, or if an, a card actually has like a action point sentence on it, says take an action to do this. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Usually, uh, sometimes they'll have it in, you know, describe it, and then in brackets, it'll say, this is an action that yeah. you have to expend a, yeah. Yeah, so cool. it's essentially
1: taking up one of your action slots. And a lo- lot of these games, too, will have things built into the system that are, they always re- advertise them as the free actions. Like, yeah, this is something you can do on your turn that doesn't take up one of your action points, like trade resources. Or sell a product, or buy a or product. Or sell something, to yeah. fulfill a contract. Yeah type of thing like sometimes sometimes a no, minor the yeah, game, yeah oh minor actions major yeah. actions minor yeah. actions type of thing so um descent journeys in the dark descent legends of the dark is an action point game you get three i think it's three actions mm-hmm. on your turn and yeah what, what can you do you can move you can fight interact with an object or open a door yeah um different things that you can do. You can spend your action points to do yeah. those. Um, another one and you you can jump in with anything. Yeah. That, well, that I was thinking,
0: run through your archetypes and then we can just start like picking some oh. of our favorite games and then just apply them to these, uh, these, these identifiers that you put sure. into
1: place. Yeah. Okay. So the second one that I think of um, is almost like the very first one. Games give you a predetermined number of action points but all the actions themselves cost a variable amount of those yeah. action points. Um, And the classic one of this is a game that I really enjoy is called Tikal. Yep. And that's a, oh, now I'm putting myself on the spot here again. I think that's a Kramer Kiesling. Yes, it is. Uh, design. Where it's like every player on the start of your turn, you get 10 action points. But... <laughs> Maybe going doing this certain action costs two of those movement points, yeah. and the big thing about that game is building the temples. Yeah, and the temples, depending on which level you're building, cost that many action points in order to be able to do. So you start off with a lot of action points, but man, you can whittle them down. Well, yeah, the bigger really quite, the yeah. bigger power is going to cost you more points.
0: So yeah, you got to be very, yeah, you got to be very diligent on how you yeah. uh, spend them.
1: Absolutely. Um, and then the third category is where your action points that a player has is variable round to round. So Like some rounds, you might have more action points to have than other rounds. And also the actions themselves are variable, like the, the whatever you want to play down. And I have a the, good
0: example for this that you might go, oh, wait, yeah, I guess that
1: might work. Um, Macau. Yeah, I saw you put that in the list. Yeah, in, in the below. But yes, Macau fits this one beautifully, and you have a lot of experience because you've been playing this one quite oh, a bit lately. Yeah, and
0: and yeah. and because Jordan is the rules lawyer, pointed out that we've been playing it a little off. But so we're gonna, of course, we're gonna play it again and get it dialed in properly. But yeah, when that wind rose turns. Man, you could it's like, okay, I got a lot of cubes or I got hardly any or I got none or I've got you know three or four you know three different colors so you you got to decide what you're going to Oh yeah, it's, I just love it. <laughs>
1: Spoiler <Right>. alert. <laughs> yeah. And right, so so that one is the you have a variable amount of action points on your turn. You know, either going to have a, yeah. a lot or a little. And but I think every action though only is like one point yeah yeah
0: yeah and certain parts where you spend it is like uh uh i think going up the wall is your first one is one and then the next one is going to be two and then and then it's like the more you want to do it's just going to get you know a little bit more um, a little little bit bit more more. expensive each time right and that's uh, that also happens too with uh um uh, expedition northwest passage that if i want to do an action great but if i want to hustle my crew and, and work them Well, to move again is going to cost me too. And if I want to do it again, it's great. So, so I love that idea of how, you know, what's it, what's it worth to you to be the first there or to be the person that gets that card first or, or to be, you know, it's like, or are you going to be frugal and, and, you know, play the long game rather than the sprint? Yeah. Um,
1: A great, a great game that does this is a blood rage where you have your rage, Track and what you're going to be doing is you're going to be spending your rage in order to do things like move across the map or to play the cards. Now, the different cards in your hand cost different amounts of rage. Do you have a monster? Like a monster is going to come in and it's going to spend a lot of rage. Yeah. Or is it just an upgrade to one of your units? Upgrades aren't maybe like two rage or something like that. But eventually, the end of the round is once all the players have spent their rage. And then you also have these other stats that tell you how much rage you're going to gain at the end of a round. Yeah. So if I don't, if I haven't buffed up that stat, I'm going to be starting rounds with less rage than other people who have buffed up those stats that are going to get more action points at as the game, as the game goes on. Yeah. So that one was a, that's a really, really neat one too on how they utilize their action points. See, and as as we're
0: popping this this idea together, I, I started coming across the idea that that as far as a general idea as as a, a game mechanism goes, it's it's it can be integrated in so many different cool ways because the uh, the one I don't know where, to, where this would slide into because it's it kind of hits in the middle is Hansa Teutonica because you start off with three action points but then how you use those action points could unlock more action points to go and do other things that integrate and synergistically connect with what you're doing in this whole network building. But yeah, that one starts off with three, three action points, and then you've got five things that you can do. And one of them is to complete a road to get, you know, to unlock another cube, to get another action point that you can use right away. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I, I see. And again, I mean, they're all I guess that would be that first one where everything is like one action point you do this for a point you do because there's none of them that I think are it t- takes two action points to do this certain thing. Right,
1: so yeah. I guess there are different permutations we can yeah. do with the it's either so. I, so really there's Unlocking kind of like, more things yeah it's really there's kind of like the four categories, because the first choice is is the designer going to give you a predetermined number of action points yeah. or are you going to get a variable number of yeah. action points and then is every action worth one or are there actions that are worth yeah. variable amounts yeah. so it's really just a combination of all of those and and i just love hansa
0: teutonica by the way because it's the best euro ever <laughs> i don't think you've ever talked
1: about hansa teutonica I've not, on this no, show before no target <laughs> Targy, Targi. Man, this is an episode that I can't mention Targy in because our Targi doesn't use action points. It's <laughs> no, it's just worker well, placements. You have one action point. I'm going there.
0: <laughs> but yeah, um, that's not so, an action point game. <laughs> look, hey, have a look at this list because there's a, a few things on there that I I put on like um, gentees. You have that one, and I can't remember okay. how they use that action see- point.
1: I see genties here as yeah, I can see A loose see
0: interpretation. It
1: Cause okay, so the way that you take your actions in genties is that you have your time track at the top of the board. Yeah. And every action that you take requires some amount of time. Well, there you go. That's the value part. How right? you how you fill in your time track though is very important. Yeah. Because if I fill a spot with two time, well, that spot is blocked, then this is an action point game as I'm talking it out loud. Yeah, (laughs) you're like, okay, it is exactly what we're saying. (laughs) It is. And this would fill into the category that you'll have a variable amount of action points on your turn at the beginning of your turn. Some turns you'll have more and some turns you'll have less depending on how you've allocated your time for the actions. If I just fill in all my time slots with one time token, yeah, I'm gonna get less actions, but I'm going to get more actions in the next round. Yeah, but not as powerful. Not as powerful. Okay, cool. That's That's right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, no genties, henties, however they pronounce it, 100% an action point game. And I really like the way that they do it, and I never interpreted it <laughs> See? like that. It's sneaky. So as I talked it out loud, yeah. yeah. So and, and another one right
0: underneath that one that is to me is kind of similar in the way that you can get more action points is is my favorite two player game is Akrotiri. Mm-hmm. That the more temples you build, you get more action points and more.
1: Right, I mean, and I think yeah. So that one would fall. Yeah. I would. This falls under the predetermined, yeah. But that you're able you have to get to un- more yeah, every have round.
0: Unlock them. Or as yeah. the game progresses, your action points progress or should progress unless you're yeah. not playing the game well. Yeah,
1: because <laughs> you'll never because as soon as you unlock, you're able to do four action points. Yeah. You'll never be able to go back down to only exactly. having three action points. Right. You only just never gain more. That would be kind of like a action point thresholds kind of thing. Yeah. Um yeah, uh, kind of like a mini engine type of thing where yeah. hey i start off with very few action points and i'm going to get more and more as the game goes on i have a great example of this one and that's a game called through the ages yeah have you heard have you played have you ever played through the ages
0: mm, is that the Vita- no is that Vlada Vita- Vata- Vata- I haven't played i haven't played that one i've watched A couple people playing it at a con and uh, recognized the depth to it and recognized how long that game would play.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Full disclosure I'll never play a physical copy of. Well, that's what everybody's like digital.
0: It's like I'm going digital. Game in 25 minutes.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So that is the one where it's classic. You start off in antiquity, you don't have very many actions. Your leader is not very you know, knowledgeable or anything like that. Savvy. You only have like maybe like three action points and they have two different levels of action points too. You have your civil actions and you have your military actions. And as the game progresses, you're going to be able to upgrade your leader and your upgraded leader is going to have more action points to them. And, but they're variable, like one leader, like you could have Einstein, yeah, has lots of action points, or you could have um, Hannibal that that goes across the mountains. He doesn't have very many civil actions, but he has lots of military actions, yeah. type of thing. And everything costs a variable amount of either of these types of actions throughout the whole game. And of course, combat you're going to need military actions. Um, but if you want to upgrade your society and put things in, you're going to need those what they call civil actions you in order to balance that out. Yeah. And so then so the game progresses through many ages and hopefully if you're keeping pace with the other players, you're going to have hopefully as many, you don't want somebody that else has all of a sudden (laughs) has like seven action points on their turn and you're still stuck down in like four or five. You're going to get trounced. Yeah, that'll happen. Cool. And so full disclosure, I'll never play a physical copy of that. It's way too fiddly. The um, app and on bga it just takes care of the bookkeeping yeah And once it takes care of the bookkeeping now you can focus on the strategy of the actual game because i don't have to worry about i'm like oh do i have enough of this do of the, enough of that and i have to subtract this and blah 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 no yeah. get that in my face pay the 10 bucks get the app or play it on bga <laughs> You're, you won't be sorry cool um I just, as as I was
0: looking at the list and I'm looking at the one I want to talk about, it just occurred to me too, that with the whole action, it's like, you know, a certain amount of action points, but with Kemet, they take that as well with this pyramid idea that, that yes, you've got so many action points and all these choices to do, but you have to pick an action on each level of the pyramid in order to, uh, um, you know, not you know according to the rules. So that uh, yeah, there's a curveball again with those action because each level does something different. And and if you've if you've never played Kemet, it's exactly that idea of you get certain amount of points or uh, action uh points on your turn, and uh you start selecting on your pyramid what you're gonna do. And uh wow, talk about a crazy, crazy asymmetrical game that's point and purpose is to just go and beat the snot out of each other and it's a race to who can get the you know you get a certain amount of points for a victory or you get a certain amount of points for holding up you know this but it's all driven through that action point system uh, at the beginning of the game on your pyramid
1: and man i got got to get this game back to the table. I love this game. Right. I, I think I've only played this once or twice with you. I'm trying to remember exactly how that action point, oh. but it, you're right. I do remember that certain things cost only like one action point to do. Whereas like maybe like summoning, like one of the monsters onto yeah. the board, like if you have that tile yeah. to bring it onto the board, costs more of those action points. I'm trying to remember exactly how that works, but there was
0: a, Oh, yeah. I mean, without getting into the review part, it's just that whole idea of of you're trying your your little faction of Egypt. Let's just kind of break it away. It's not even history. It's thematically connected to this Egyptian fight game where um, you're just trying to see what scores points. And a lot of it is conflict um, developed. And uh, you're going to try and asymmetrically. The whole idea is for these tiles. There's three different kinds of tiles, and and there's there's a red attack tile, there's a blue, I think, replenished tile, and then there's a white. Uh um I, I refer to it as like religion or culture, and it does other special things, but there's these three dimensions. And uh the at the beginning, everybody's on par, but it's through these tiles that you build these crazy powerful and synergistically connected, um, um forces that you just like unleash on one another and the minis are so cool right so yeah kemet kemet we have to play this one yeah oh, so good so that's that's another one of these um i guess uh civilization action point there's a lot of themes of civilization that use action points
1: isn't it well there? i was about to say too, um one thing that i came across was that um a lot of war games and a lot of GMT type games uh, allocate action points. Like mm-hmm. you have so many of these things that you can do on your turn. And the, here is your menu of options to yeah, do.
0: Just look at the last one on there, like Pavlov's House, which is which is a solo only game. But yeah, yeah, you've got so many things and their action points are through cards, right? Where it's like, OK, here, here's a selection of actions I can do on my turn, duk, 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 right? Um, What's another game that has kind of like a card-driven action point system? Card-driven? None. Okay, well, here's another. Here's a different here. question. Okay,
1: Whistle Stop was on the list. I've never played. Tell, break it down, like like you that, did. No, that. that that's just that's just one of your basic. Hey, you got three action points, or you have you can do up to three actions on your turn. Okay. That that that's literally that. I when I look at pick the rest from the of list. These things, yeah. Like. Adrenaline is one of my favorite games of all time. That's just, you have three actions on your turn. You're either shooting your gun, yeah. reloading your this, gun, this or, or this. you're picking up a new gun type of thing, moving, you got yeah. this, this, or this. You can only have, you have only so many actions on your turn. Like, oh. Here's
0: one that, that I, I'll bring up that you've mentioned that
1: it interests you.
0: And that's black orchestra where you're trying to assassinate Hitler and on that one, you get a certain amount of action points, but on one of your actions that you can choose to conspire, you roll some dice to get more action points or to, you know, or things could go sideways fast and you could get, you know, arrested. <laughs> mm. But uh, but that one, yeah, that one uses those action points in such a, a, a connected manner to the theme in regards to uh,
1: how it pushes the flow of the game. So, yeah. Right, right. And many of these games too, like you'll they'll do a good job. Like I'm gonna come back to Arkham Horror. There are certain archetypes in the decks that you can build that can get you bonus action points on your turn. Like yeah, there there's the style of play that if you end up defeating a monster, you can get an extra action point on your turn type of thing. So Cool. So when you mentioned Black Orchestra, where you can have this opportunity to possibly get more action points on your turn. Just reminding me of that, that there are some of these cases. Um, Legends of Andor, we've talked about this in the possible trade. Yeah, yeah. And they use it kind of like they call their action points the time that you (laughs) have to spend and it costs a variable amount of time in order to do some of the actions. That's
0: a tricky game to get that down.
1: Yeah, so um, Legends of Andor, again, is a very, it's a cooperative adventure type of game where you are going out and you're trying, essentially, as you're trying to solve the puzzle of the mission that is ahead of you, because some missions are going to be very, I would say, straightforward in the beginning. Yeah, I can really twist and turn and have you really make a tough choice choice about how you're going to spend your time traveling far away from your location Mm -hmm. to try to go explore this and try to find an item that's going to help you. Or are you just going to stay in there and fight the onslaught of the minions that are coming at you? Because ultimately
0: it's a tower defense game because all those, all those baddies are pushing in towards the castle. So you want to go far away. That's fine. It's going to take your time to come back and that could be it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So really, really, really cool type of game.
0: Um, I mentioned uh, Expedition Northwest Passage, where I mean the theme of the game is you're starting on the east side of the of you know the the Arctic Ocean, and you're trying to like the Franklin Expedition, trying to pick your way across to uh, the uh, the the Bering Strait kind of thing, and uh, you've got a certain amount of the meeples uh, represent your actions, and you have a ship and you have a dog sled that at a certain point. You might have to split them off and they can do their own little micro action point selections and there's stuff like uh, and it's a t- another thing, cool thing is that it's a tile drafting and map building tile laying game that uh, oh yeah this that's another delicious game too. if if you like that idea of I want a lot of things to pick from because there's a lot of things that I can do on the board that this is one of those games.
1: Um probably the last one i'm going to talk about here is another one of my favorite games um dead of winter does action points and the way that it is they have they use your action points is that you end up getting dice and your dice are kind of like your skills that you have to this game and your character has like hey if you're able to spend a five and above you, you can do this or you can do like a search action or this guy if he can search action on a three and above of yeah and the way that you start you start off with a base number of dice because you control i think like one or two characters yeah but as you go through the game you might encounter more characters and they might join your party and for every character that joins you you get more dice so you'll get more actions to do on your turn as long as you have now thematic to the zombie apocalypse thing that's trying to get at you, Um, those are more mouths to feed. And at the end of every round, you have to make a collective decision on how you're going to spend your food for the colony because more mouths to feed means you need more food. And if you can't have enough food, people die. And if people die, then that progresses the bad thing track. And if that bad thing track gets too high, then you lose the scenario. Um, I think they Oh no, they call it morale the morale track goes down and stuff like that. So you have to make a decision whether or not you want the more actions and the more mouths to feed at the same time. I like the thematic connection that they made there. Yeah, if you have more actions, the game should go a little bit smoother for you. But (laughs) but but there's a trade off. Yeah, there's a trade off to that.
0: Cool. The, uh, The what I want to close on is is not necessarily a specific game because there's two quick ones, but it's related to that pandemic system that you mentioned with the with the four um, uh, action points and a list of things to do, and and one of them is actually pandemic fall of Rome, where they take that mechanism system and apply it thematically to uh, um, the fall of Rome, where everything's pushing into pushing in and aggressing to Rome. And uh, they use that familiarity of that system. Now, again, the that system or its DNA, like I always like to say the cardboard DNA, you can find that one in another favorite one of mine is horrified, where you're playing the uh, the universal monsters. And uh, it's that identical structure or architecture that that is known as the pandemic system, right. So um, I yeah. think that action point system, like I had mentioned before, is a solid, uh, um, uh, I would say, um, module of, of a mechanism that can, can, can connect to a lot of different themes. So that's yeah. that's kind I, of what I, I want
1: I think it's really easy for a designer to just say, hey, I have this list of things that people can do now I have to make a decision is, how many of those things am I willing to let a player do on their turn? Yeah. And that's kind of like the epitome of the, I would say, the design question of an action point um, type of game. Am I just going to give them a base amount of points?
0: Or do I flip it on its head and turn it turn it into a worker placement?
1: <laughs> Where they have to put workers on all these actions now. <laughs> right. I, I Yeah. Essentially like Stone Age. Yeah. Could be a variable action point system. I've got my worst set of workers, and yeah. then, oh, if I if I really want a good chance of getting some gold, yeah, I got to spend more action points towards. Uh, there we go, Stone Age. We just decided. Hey, Stone action points is an action, action, points. Points. Is that action point? Because the game? meeples are the actions. Yeah. <laughs> How many action points are you willing to give up in order to get a better chance? See, that one is not actually just giving you the actions. <laughs> it's just increasing the chance of getting something. Because uh, okay. that's just the big old dice-rolling schmaz. Right on. Really want to see. I really want to see games do more things like the Blood Rage and the Through the Ages, where you have the variable amount of action points turn to turn. Yeah. And that everything that you do costs variable amount of action points. I want to see that done more.
0: Uh, and as you're saying that, in my head, I'm thinking... I want to play Macau right now. <laughs> and you were a poet and didn't even know it. Oh, oh, wow. Cool. Well, you know what? I think you did a, a successful uh, work towards explaining this action point thing. And I think we, we knocked out a whole bunch of really cool games. And, I, and I'm kind of sad because I just
1: want to play them now. <laughs> right. Yeah. Through the ages, you just play through the app, though. Don't ever Ah, get a physical copy. Don't even, don't even bother. Don't, don't even, don't even bother.
0: Uh, (laughs) So, but, uh, but we're gonna bother by saying uh, and uh, and appreciating you for listening to uh, what we got got's to say about board games. And that being said, I'm your host Norm, and I've been Ryan, (laughs) and we'll catch you later. This has been an episode of Cardboard Conjecture and we are Bridge City Board Gamers. And you can find us on Facebook at Bridge City Board Gamers Saskatoon. You can find us on YouTube, Bridge City Board Gamers. We are also on Twitter at BC Board Gamers. And of course, Board Game Geek Guild number 3039.